It's not just about mastering technology. It's not just about brand or messaging. It's not just about making more money. It's about showing up in a big way so your people can find you. This is about bringing your most wild and authentic self into the hustle and grind. Welcome to Tactical Magic, a business strategies podcast for the warrior goddess entrepreneur. Hey everyone, Molly Mandelberg here. Welcome back to Tactical Magic. I am... (laughs) I'm present to a lot of magic lately, and sometimes it's fun, and sometimes it's crazy, and sometimes it's, you know, the form of upsets and um, issues that we have to use magic to move through, but it got me thinking about the matrix of all things, and a lot of the different things I'm reading and listening to and paying attention to right now are sort of thematically um, pointing to the idea that we are the creators of our reality. Dun, dun, dun. So I wanted to do an episode about The Matrix because I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Um, so some of you know that right now I'm on the Wild Hearts Spring Tour. It's sort of a tradition I'm forming where I hop in the car and just go for a few months every spring. Um, last year I did a lot of the West Coast in Colorado. Um, I went to Vegas for a friend's bachelorette party. This year I'm doing most of the country from Oregon and California through Tucson and Santa Fe, up through Colorado. Um, After this, I'm currently at my dad's house in Colorado, but after this, I'm going to be hitting the Midwest, um, Asheville, North Carolina, Toronto, Sarasota, Florida, and then back through New Orleans and Austin. But anyway, I was listening to this awesome book on tape called Busting Loose from the Money Game, and I was listening to it on my way from Tucson to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And busting loose from the money game is really fascinating, but it's basically about these two phases of life. Phase one is similar to Plato's cave where we are buying the story that this reality is real, where we are sort of immersed in the culture of human beingness and we are completely oblivious to the fact that we can actually impact the world around us. So we believe that, you know, stories like it's you have to work hard to make money or, um, you know, you're not good at this or whatever the stories are that are bopping around in your head. That's phase one where you're completely blindsided, totally ignorant of the fact that um, this reality isn't actually real. Phase two is where you basically take the blue pill like Neo did in the Matrix and step out of this reality for a moment and get that you're actually an infinite being creating all of it. So it's interesting to be shooting this podcast from my dad's house because my dad is very much of the the mentality of everything is nothing and nothing is everything and um, it's all just a game. So let's have fun and play along. And while I have played along with that um, philosophy for many years and had great conversations with him about it, I also always have been coming from the stance of, I am the creator of my reality. Yes, everything is nothing. Yes, this is a game. Yes, I'm going to play, you know, full out and have fun and enjoy it as much as possible. And I believe that my beingness can impact this game of life around me. Um, And it's funny because we've been playing a bunch of cards this week and even my dad who believes, who who says he doesn't believe in that creation of our reality will um, 
manifest the right next card to pull. So he wins the game, the game of cards every time and he's doing it and he's laughing about it. And I'm pointing at it saying, you know, that's you doing exactly what you say can't be done, which is us creating the reality around us, us impacting us, designing our destiny, if you will, and creating the life um, from the ground up that we want to be living. So this busting loose from the money game is talking about the second phase of life. And it's talking about how in phase two, not only are you able to create at will, but the game of life, which is designed by you to keep you ignorant, to keep you asleep, is going to throw you some big curveballs right as you start to move into phase two. Because that's how you claim your power back from the game. That's how you sort of reduce yourself into um, being the infinite being that you are is by overcoming bigger upsets, not just by coasting along and having fun. So I'm pulling into Santa Fe. I had just rewound. I'd finished the book, but I'd rewound to the middle part where he's talking about the process you go through to sort of overcome anything and reclaim your power back from any upset that's coming to you. And right as I do that, I pull off the highway into Santa Fe. I get like a quarter mile off the freeway into town and my turbo goes out. <laughs> so I had just a week before fixed this part of my engine that is attached to the turbo, but isn't the actual turbo. And basically it feels like I can't accelerate at all. I'm driving a big diesel sprinter van and I cannot accelerate at all. So I can barely go uphill. I'm sort of limping along. I get myself to a safe place. I look under the hood um, you know, I, I see a little thing that's not attached right. I reattach it, whatever. It wasn't the thing that was broken. And um, I turn the car back on and sure enough, the check engine light goes on. So long story short, it ends up getting to a couple different shops over the next few days. And I definitely needed a turbo, which is a few thousand dollars investment. And I'm sitting there and I don't exactly have the financial liquidity in this moment to handle it myself. So I'm trying to rack my brain of how am I going to solve this problem? Who am I going to call to ask for help? Um, what am I going to do? And I'm starting to get really emotional and worked up about the, like, the struggle of it all, the suffering around not being able to save yourself when you want to. And as I'm doing that, I realize I was just listening to this book. And this book said that when you get to phase two of this busting loose from the money game, that there are going to be some big ass upsets to sort of both either coax you back into believing this reality is real and inspire you to perhaps claim this new reality where you're the creator of it all. So here's what I did. I looked through... I had actually a friend who recommended this book to me, sent me the little process that I'd been rewinding back to, and I read through it and did this little exercise of claiming my power back from it, like feeling the entirety of the struggle, the suffering, the emotion of the upset at hand, not trying to put my barriers up to it and block it, but actually being fully present to what it was and absorbing it and taking it in. And then declaring that I am the creator of this and I'm choosing to take my power back from it now and solve the fucking thing. And literally that instant, I get a phone call 
from my dad of all people who said he had a solution and was going to loan me the money to get the car fixed. And some people have dads who do that for them and save the day a lot. And while my dad is amazingly helpful and has saved the day in many other ways, it has not often in my life been a financial save. So it was a big deal. And it was sort of reaffirming of that magic. Once you give up the fight and the need to be in struggle and reclaim that identity of I'm an infinite creator, I am making shit happen right and left. And I now choose that this is no longer the struggle I'm going to face. I'm going to play a different game now. The solution is going to come to me. And boom, it did. So fast forward about a week. And in the span of three days, my mother broke her arm in Rome. I twisted my ankle really bad in New Mexico. And my dad blew out his knee playing pickleball and um, almost needed surgery on his meniscus. But it turned out not to be such a bad thing. Um, But it reminded me of The Matrix. And if you've seen The Matrix, you know, when Neo comes back into The Matrix, which we'll call the game or the cave, whatever you want to call it, that the agents or the sort of constructs of the game are designed to attack, to sort of um, obliterate this part of awakeness, this piece of you that is too alive and powerful to exist and not wake everything around you up. So it's like this phase two idea of busting loose from the money game or of actually stepping into our full potency as infinite creators. There's actually like a design in our game that we've created here to try and put us back to sleep or kick us out. Because with that much potency, the game doesn't operate right. It doesn't, it doesn't function like normal um, for those of us who are ignorant or wanting to stay asleep. So what if you're playing both of those parts? What if you're the one sleeping, you're the one waking up, and you're also the one setting traps for yourself in hopes that you'll split, slip back into the game, back into the matrix, and keep playing along because that's in some ways more fun. I mean, there's drama and trauma and upset for a reason, right? If it's true that we're the creators of this, why aren't we all happy and rich? That would be the good question. And I think the reference from this book, Breaking Loose from, Busting Loose from the Money Game, sorry. Um, I'll find the author of that too while I'm talking to you so that you can look it up. But the, the analogy that he gives is there's a football game, right? So imagine a football game. The Broncos are playing the Seattle Seahawks and you've got all the players there. All the coaches are there. All the fans all the fans watching, all the referees, everybody's lined up and ready to play. And suddenly the referee says, all right, 27 to 15, the Broncos won. Everybody can go home. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to go home. Everybody wants to see all four quarters of playing back and forth, making touchdowns, Um, you know, getting beat up, getting tackled, losing it at the last nine yards or whatever it is. And we don't want to go home without that 
struggle. We don't want to go home without the game. We came here for the game. We want to play the freaking game and see how it pans out and see where we end up at the end. So I think that's why those of us who even are um, waking up to this idea that we are the creators, we are the infinite beings that have come here to play this ridiculous game, that we couldn't all be happy and rich because it would be less entertaining. (laughs) It would actually be less fun to just have it all figured out. So is that true? Does that have to be true? Um, You know, if, if we are actually here enjoying the game, if we can take a step back and see what we're doing, then maybe we can also enjoy the trauma and drama as much as we enjoy the pleasure and ice cream. Um, I posted recently a trademark phrase from Access Consciousness, which as you guys know, if you listen to the last episode of Tactical Magic, I fucking love Access Consciousness and I'm super, super into it, nerding out on it all the time. But I posted this phrase from them recently, which is, all of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory. And this is something that I say to myself um, every morning and every night when I wake up, before I go to bed. I try to say it 10 times um, at the bookends of my day. Busting Loose from the Money Game is by Robert Scheinfeld, in case you were wondering. All right, back to this. All of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory. So somebody commented on my post saying... Yes, all the good in life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory. And I think right there lies the issue. It is easy for us to imagine that the ease, joy, and glory is accessible to us when the good of life is coming to you. But when, it, when the so-called bad things, the car troubles, the injuries, the breakups, the big losses, the grievances, um, when those come up, That's when we need to be able to access the ease, joy, and glory. That's when it's actually a game worth playing because it's not easy. It's something we have to try to do. It's something we have to focus on or practice getting to that state of ease, joy, and glory so often, so frequently that it's um, accessible even in the hard moments. It's in that fourth quarter when we're down by a landslide that we really need to use our tools, that we need to dive deep into the playbook, reorganize how we're viewing the world around us, and tap back into our magic. What if you are not your body? What if you are something far greater that's merely playing the human game through the flesh that is your body? What if you tried right now to feel the edges of your beingness. Can you perceive the four walls around you? How about the plot of land that you're currently on or the boat, if that's how you roll? Can you perceive the mountains and rivers and streams nearby? Do you have any sense of the people in the buildings or the cities around you? Are you not there too? If I ask you to think of a friend who's far away, can't you sense that you are there with them too? Is there actually any limit to you? Are you not all of those places and more? We could go on like this forever, but I think you get what I'm pointing to. You are a fucking infinite being, yo. How does it get better than this? I had really kind of a 
flooring experience before Santa Fe, before Tucson. I was in California with a friend of mine, Karen Olson, and she practices something called artomancy. And artomancy is basically a divination practice where you use the art pieces in a museum like an oracle deck. And through the practice of like, she asked some questions, she asked for some random numbers off the top of my head. And then I sit with a question that I have and she guides me blindfolded um, through the museum to the piece of art that I randomly chose by those numbers or questions. And what she did when we got there, we got in front of this piece of art and I have an art degree, but I don't think that played into this at all. She asked me to keep my eyes closed and tell her what I perceived from the piece of work in front of me, the piece of art that we were standing in front of. And, you know, the first things that came to mind, you know, it smells like paint. Well, of course it does. We're in a museum full of paintings. Um, But then it started to get more detailed. Like, I feel there's this sense of heaviness, sort of like there's a weight at the top and, you know, the colors gray and blue are coming to me, like sort of a light gray and like a lot of blue. And I was sort of sitting with that feeling. It still felt like the sky coming down, sort of like the weight of the world on you. And at the last moment, I was like, okay, I also think there's two lines like this. And I put my arms up like the diagonal lines of the top of a roof or something. And she was like, okay, well, open your eyes when you're ready. And I had basically described exactly what the painting had. There was like a cloudy sky at the top that felt really weighted and heavy. There was a big expanse of blue water with a gray on the other side of a concrete dock. And the entire painting was cut up by these two diagonal lines in the shape of sort of the shape of a roof line. Um, And I was kind of freaked out. And part of me was present too because... I've been practicing this access consciousness consciousness stuff that, yes, we can perceive the energy of things around us. Of course, an artist spent that many hours working on this painting. He had imbued the energy of the shape of it into it. So maybe I was picking up on that. And then part of me now is like, this is the matrix. Part of me helped create that painting for me to have that experience with. So of course I knew what it looked like. It, it's almost like silly to think we don't know what's coming at us at any point in time or that we pretend that we didn't have a part in putting it there. Um, and I know this is super far out and I may have lost some of you <laughs> a while back. I hope you don't stop listening to this podcast because this isn't the only thing that I talk about. But I'm just fascinated lately about this concept of if it is a game And if I don't need to expect it to be perfect or right or flawless, then maybe I can have ease, joy, and glory no matter what shows up. Maybe I can have chocolate chews. Maybe what I'm experiencing can bring me joy and bliss regardless of what exactly is showing up. Maybe it doesn't take winning the lottery. Maybe it takes choosing this moment to reclaim my power from whatever's showing up, to choose it as my creation, and to, you know, alter it however I so please. So as an infinite being, what do you choose? Do you choose struggle, financial hardship, or is there a bigger game that you'd like to play? 
And if there's a bigger game you'd like to play, what does that look like? What can you actually create here that you've never given playtime to before? Anyway, I hope some of those questions have landed with you. I don't want to totally disrupt your entire reality, but I kind of do. And um, if you have anything you want to talk about with me regarding this or anything, please let me know. You can find me at wildheartsriseup.com. And yeah, don't, don't forget that you can choose the blue pill or the red pill. And one of those may actually bring you more joy than the other. And have a wonderful day. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Tactical Magic. To find out more, please visit our website, wildheartsriseup.com. Be sure to take a second and subscribe to the show and come back next week for another edition of Tactical Magic. Tactical Magic.